0: Welcome to My Creative Corner Three, a podcast about my quilting journey and life in a northern town. Show notes can be found at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. Please leave a comment and we can continue the conversation online. My name is Vicki and I'll be your hostess. Welcome to the podcast. This week, there is a special guest after the little update on what's been going on. It is so exciting because Krista Watson is going to chat with us about all things free motion quilting, the ultimate guide to machine quilting, and the blog hop. But first I must say I'm coming off a Memorial Day weekend where um, my husband competes in the Highland Games. And this was the kickoff to summer and this weekend didn't disappoint. It was a great games. It was a great time catching up with friends and so many bagpipes. Um, The Alma Highland Games um, and Festival. This festival has Highland Dancing, a national competition as well as bagpipes. So there was a lot of both. I didn't get to the building where the dancing was but I am going to do a full blog post with pictures and I've done a little highlight video with what I got on my cell phone. I'm still learning about how to hold the phone and all that. Um, My GoPro, I also have um, some video on that. and I'm going to see if I can get another highlight video. It takes a lot more to update that. There's been some technical difficulties on editing, but hey, I'm going to make it work and I'm going to make a highlight reel and that's all part of learning and flexing that creative area of the brain. Technology. When it works, it's great. When it doesn't, it's not so great. So the games, um, if you want to see the highlight, Video. It will be on a um, blog post as well as if you just want to watch the video, be on my YouTube channel, Vicki Holloway. Quilting wise, I have been doing a lot of sewing um, since my sewing machine has been back. I pieced a very simple four patch tartan scraps with a green background quilt and it really, really turned out great. I like to call them Calling All Clans because it's scraps of many different tartans and many different families are represented. And this will go to a a dear friend who has his roots in Scotland. And I think that um, with the wool on there, um, a four patch is great because it didn't stretch too much. And I didn't want to overwhelm all of the beautiful fabrics with a busy pattern. So we'll see how that one quilts up. It'll be an experiment. I have done a little twister quilt with small tartan scraps and it worked out pretty well. And so I'm going to try doing some um, swirls and different things on it. I did straight line quilting on one of my tartan quilts in curl. So we'll see if a feather will go on this one. The other thing I've done is I want to give a shout out to... the snowy day challenge. I finished the blocks and I'm assembling that currently. I will put a link to um, the National Quilt Challenge NQC. It was a Facebook group and the moderator of the group um, did a nine block 16 and a half inch challenge over um, nine or ten weeks this late winter early spring and now she has the entire quilt pattern on her Craftsy class page for free and I just thought if you are interested in doing what I did which is practice half square triangles and make a really nice size quilt and it's very interesting i think um, the with the blocks and the arrangements um i will put a link to that it was really a lot of fun i like to do challenges like that periodically to keep my skills sharp but also see how different people write different patterns and what i like and what i don't like and i really like the way hers were done had some great little drawings and all kinds of um, tips. She also had some videos on how to do half square triangles for beginners, and it was a really good job. So that will be in the show notes also. So without any further update, because that really does pretty much take us up to what I'm doing now, um, let's get on to the podcast with the interview with Krista Watson. Krista Watson Welcome to My Creative Corner and today we're talking to Krista Watson. Hi Krista, how are you today?
1: Hey Vicky, and so thanks for having me
0: on. Well thank you and we, today we wanted to talk about a lot of things um, and one of them is the book The Ultimate Guide to Machine Quilting because there's me and Holly Ann and Krista and Jen who are doing a blog hop and I have to say Krista this book has really really pushed me to explore new things and I just Want to say thanks for that. While you were working on this book and you partnered with Angela Walters and I just wanted to open it up by saying um, thanks to both of you but it had to be difficult with two people with two completely different types of machines to quilt on. Could you talk about that a little bit?
1: Oh sure thing. Well it, it's kind of cool. First of all I have to say like writing a book with angela was amazing if anybody you know who's ever met her in person knows she is just full of life and full of fun and we were like two peas in a pod um up until that time i had written one book on my own and then i had written an article about quilt con a couple years ago with jackie gearing so that was the first time i ever collaborated was writing this little article with jackie and that went really well as well And so – but I had never done a full-length project. So when it happened with me and Angela, I have to say I was a little nervous because, I mean, she's amazing and she has different techniques than I do. But I tell you, she made it so easy. We're, we're a lot the same, but we've got a little bit different personalities in that Angela is literally like the most laid back, chill person you could meet. I, on the other hand, I'm, I'm very laid back, but only because I'm very planned. So I'm kind of like a planned, you know, like mm-hmm. a planned laid back person. And so what I mean by that is I'm very like detail oriented and I do lists and checklists and double check and triple check and that kind of thing. And so working with Angela was so great because like I would have all of these ideas of things that I thought we needed to do like we need to do you know step one step two step three whatever she's written a lot of books so she like knows what she's doing so she doesn't have to be like stressed out about it like I do but since this was only my second book I had all these like lists to uh, checklists and things anyway whole long story so I would go to Angela and I'd say oh I feel like we need to do this 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 and this and she every time was like no problem whatever <laughs> you want just tell me what to do and so like working with that personality was so great because like we never butted heads we always got along I would ask her to do something she would say yes I mean what more could you want
0: <laughs> uh, it sounds like the perfect relationship of two different styles because the book when when we go through it started out with um you know more of the walking foot straight line kind of things in the beginning chapters which i really struggle with as a long armor but it really really pushed me and and i have to say uh when we finally got to the week of this last week where it was the quatrefoil chapter i was like yes i'm finally in my wheelhouse with all the loops and the swirls (laughs) oh no problem and but I have to I do notice that um it's a very different viewpoint you know when you are on a long arm machine versus a domestic and I have done some free motion quilting on on the domestic before I got my long arm but the two different styles can marry and use all kinds of the stitches that both of you have presented in this book and I think that's why this is something that everyone should who is interested in expanding their skills should look at and I really like the border ideas and but i'm kind of like a blend between you two i'm pretty laid back when i'm on the long arm and i kind of go by intuition but at the same time i like to have it stepped out in my brain how i'm going to do things i want to ask do you put a lot of registration lines on some of these um projects i know you're a planner so i was going to say registration lines do you draw like a draft of your project as you go to kind of give you ideas on your stitching or are you more organic
1: <laughs> kind, of, kind of yes and no so let me kind of go back so uh-huh. on the actual quilt itself when I'm actually doing the quilting stitches now I want that to be really free form and mm-hmm. imperfect and and not high stress so like I don't do any marking like okay. I don't do any marking if I can avoid it so on that hand like I don't do any of that kind of registration marks but when I'm thinking about what I wanna do ahead of time before I get to the quilting, I guess what I do is I do all my planning ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like Meaning if I have like say two designs, like let's say I wanna do like pebbles and swirls in a quilt, I will actually print off a copy of my quilt design like let's say it's like a nine patch design or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, I'm an EQ7 designer so I design everything in EQ7 the electric quilt software and I'll print that off but what I always reckon, recommend to my students if you don't have that capability you can just take a picture of your quilt top and then just print it off in black and white and you get the same idea you can actually draw on an eight and a half, eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper so what I'll do is I'll take that like I said that nine patch or whatever the design is I'll print off a copy of the design of the piece Top, and then I'll sit there and I'll maybe come up with four or five different versions, and I will sketch out different ideas on that piece of paper so that by the time I'm ready to actually go to the quilt, I've already thought about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so what I guess I like to say is I like to do all my planning up front so that by the time I get to the machine, I don't have to think about it. All I do is quilt. And then yeah. that's why, that's how I have a good time because I'm not stressing about, oh wait, should I quilt pebbles here? Oh wait, should I quilt swirl or stipple? Like what should I do? I've already thought about it and I might change my mind, but at least going through those motions of coming up with a couple of different ideas. Um, I call it like making a quilting plan and figuring out your path, like your quilter's (laughs) path of how you're actually going to get to your quilt. I hope that makes
0: sense it does it does it, because i think i do a lot of the planning in my head and then i get to the quilt and i don't know if you read my blog but it was the week where um the second week where we we're supposed to have high contrast and what oh, yeah, yeah. I, it I didn't work mine did not work at all because the shapes i picked were too circular and too it wasn't enough of a contrast between the long wavy flame type of right, wood grain right. so i i'm going to do that this week with uh, with the quilt that I have on the frame right now is a quilt of valor that the club did at our local quilt shop and I think that's I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get my electric quilter to work but otherwise I'm going to take a picture and try that because I want to have you know you have a certain contrast in your head and you want it to come to fruition so that's a great tip I really really like that thank you
1: oh you're welcome it just kind of developed because I was like you I would have all these wonderful ideas in my head and I would go to quilt them and they just didn't turn out and I would get so frustrated because there you are with like a queen size quilt and you've quilted for like half an hour Mm -hmm. and you're like well I'm not going to pick it out I'll just keep going and then you end up quilting and not liking it now (laughs) I would rather take that half an hour or maybe like 10 minutes 10 or 15 minutes draw it out on paper maybe even go one step further and just quilt out on like maybe a scrap fabric or a scrap block mm-hmm. and i'll spend the half an hour practicing not on the quilt so it's like a it's like a sunk cost like if you get yourself into it you're like well i better not stop now even though i'm only part way into it it's like you don't want to stop but if you practice ahead of time then you're like ah that didn't work out okay well maybe i'll try something else and you're not you're not so invested into it
0: exactly uh, the the quilt that i did that on was a sampler of mine which was fine but um i did exactly what you said um, i was quilting a queen size quilt and i it was my mine. It wasn't a customer quote. And I did the first two rows. I'm like, oh, I really hate this. So I just changed horses in the middle of the stream. It is the (laughs) most horrific that you would never no one should ever see it it's a utility quilt but I'm like I can't believe I did that but I was not gonna go back and rip out two rows of a queen size quilt Exactly, Uh, exactly
1: but you know what that's so awesome right there that's what I love about quilting like when I was younger I wanted to be an artist but I had no talent I couldn't draw I wanted to be an actress but like I couldn't sing or dance you know so I always wanted to perform and once I found quilting I was like oh my gosh I love quilting because even if I mess it up, you can still use it. You can still put it on your mm-hmm. bed. You can still cuddle up with it, you know, and, and no one has to know.
0: Not at all. So when did you start quilting, Krista?
1: I've been quilting now, I think about 22 or 23 years, mm-hmm. just after I got married, and I just took to it like a duck to water, and all these years later, I'm sure other people that have been quilting as long as me can relate. I still feel like I've only touched the ice what the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. like there's still so much more I want to do.
0: Absolutely. I I agree. I've been quilting since the 1970s with my mom yeah. yeah and it's one of those things where it's like there's always a new new idea new design new fabric new tools you know things so many new things so it's great to see with all of the new things coming out now in your book i really like the patterns too in the machine quilting guide because i want people to understand that it's more than just a free motion quilting um how to there's actually different patterns in each chapter now On these, did you guys collaborate on the patterns, or did you each picked the the pattern we, for the quilt in the chapter did, yeah
1: we each did the same 10 patterns um you know the piece patterns but then she quilted all of them the way that she wanted to and then I quilted them the way I wanted to so there's 10 patterns but it's 20 different quilts 20 different. and the cool thing about it it's not like oh she's gonna quilt you know swirls on her version and I'm gonna quilt swirls on my version it's more like she quilted swirls on this quilt and then I quilted swirls a different way on a different quilt mm-hmm. so there's a total I counted there's like over 50 different quilting designs and you can like mix and match them which is really fun so
0: that's kind of a long answer but no no it's perfect because you know I think a lot of people when they buy a book they think that it's going to be kind of like a cookbook step one step two this is and it's not this book is more of here's the pattern for the actual piece top but then you can make it your own so you've been quilting for over 20 years and now you've been on your second book and you're teaching and wow it sounds like you know the rest of the year uh, we were talking that you have some big plans and you're mapping it out and I'm very excited because I've seen on your website that you have quite a few new things coming up and is there any of those that you wanted to talk about before I jump into talking about your next book
1: Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, the biggest one, there's um, there's two kind of big shows coming up that I'm teaching at. I'm teaching at the Vermont Quilt Festival coming up in June, and I can't remember off the top of my head what the dates are, mm-hmm. and then I'm teaching for MQX, um, which you and I were talking about, that you've had some quilts on that show, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching at that show in September, and I have to say I love teaching because in my years, you know, I, I taught for a long time, but I really only started traveling to teach about the last three years once I started writing books and stuff and it's so fun because not only do i get to get out and meet a lot of people that i otherwise wouldn't this is kind of a kind of behind the scenes i also get to like develop a couple of classes that i really like and i can go around and teach those same classes all the way around the country and like each time i teach it i get better and i get suggestions from my students and i change it up a little bit but it's it's nice because it's kind of less work on my end because i can develop a few things and then i can go around and teach them to a bunch of different people mm-hmm. rather than having to like come up with a brand new class every single time so that's kind of nice
0: um, Oh, absolutely. And I would think that um, as people who are very creative, you know, it's fun to do things like your craftsy classes and the videoing and all that. But there's something about talking to people and being with people and actually interacting with people I think I get a, a lot of satisfaction with helping other people so I guess that's I could see the oh, totally. appeal to that Absolutely. yeah I always
1: tell my students when I'm in class I tell them I'm like you guys I'm having just as much fun being the teacher as you guys are being the student it's really fulfilling for me you know what I mean I
0: love it mm-hmm. one of the my co-workers I work <laughs> in healthcare. always taught he always told me that the patients he worked with were his teachers and I've always thought that that was a great go a, oh, yeah, totally great true. thing so you have a book coming up in August called and quilts now um is this a book that's going to be um themed with pre-cuts or is it more on the quilting end or is it can you give us any hints on what that might oh, be coming up on yeah, that one
1: absolutely yeah so this is my third book and kind of when I first started when my first book came out which is called uh, machine quilting with style that one came out a few months before the book I wrote with Angela mm-hmm. in all three of my books so far I've really really wanted to include both the piecing and the quilting, because there's a lot of great books out there that show you how to make the top, and then there's other awesome books that show you how to quilt on, like, practice samples, but there's not as many books that take you from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, I don't know, that was kind of like a, like a, a deciding factor for me when I pitched my ideas to the publisher to begin with is I said I really want to be able to show a person how to make a whole quilt and they really like that idea so anyway again I make I I answer your short questions with long answers but yeah I it's really important to me that not only do they get the patterns for making the top but they can quilt it and this particular book piece and quilt with pre-cuts the pieced patterns are all made from pre-cuts because I have I think you you probably know this too but I have a, a little side um a little side business that my husband and I run called the pre-cut store and we just do it online theprecutstore.com and all we sell is pre-cuts and so selling those day in and day out I'm like you know what people really love pre-cuts but I always get all these emails what do I do with pre-cuts mm-hmm. what do I do with them what do I do with that jelly roll what do I do with that layer cake so this book was kind of to answer that question it's 11 patterns and it's like well here's 11 different ideas on what you can do with pre-cuts and then of course here's also the in the quilting instructions so it's like two books in one and I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited. What I have to say is by the time now that I've written three books, I finally kind of have my groove. Like, they're all great, and I've had a great time with all of them, but I kind of finally know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. I know how to manage my deadlines. I know what to expect. I know what to do on the marketing end. I know what customers are looking for. And so it's been a really fun process with all all three books so far.
0: So does that mean there might be a fourth book on the horizon?
1: There will be, but not right now.
0: I'm going to take a little bit of a break.
1: I'm going to do some other stuff. And I, um, I basically wrote all three of these books, like back to back to back, like oh, the first yeah. one and then the second one and the third one. And so now I'm stepping back for a few months just to do other things, which will come out later. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably try to, I, I already actually have, I already have my next three book ideas. Like Good. I know what I'm going to write about. So, but I, I don't want them to come out like boom, boom, boom. I want to give some time in between mm-hmm. to let people enjoy them and, and kind of catch up and let me catch my breath.
0: Well, besides I need time to finish <laughs> making all the quilts in this book and then the next book. pre-cuts I have to say I love to collect them but I don't I'm one of those I don't always know what to do with them so I'm really looking forward to your your book in August oh thanks it'll be great so Krista you are um, an active teacher and you like to piece which I'm jealous because it's not my favorite part but I know that you have a certain aesthetic and and the modern movement has been near and dear to your heart and I just wanted to say you know with all the new things that have been happening and we you had quilt market in the last couple of weeks what do you think might be something we can look for as a modern tr- thing to look at as maybe possibly trending or maybe some of us to keep our eyes open for that maybe we didn't really think might happen in the modern quilt movement i'm in the midwest so i don't get to see all the new and cool stuff it usually drifts here a couple years later
1: <laughs> oh that's fun <laughs> well that's a, that's a good question um I know, I kind of hear different variations of other people. I've never thought about that a lot. But the first thing that jumped out at me as you were saying that is I think what's happening and will continue to happen is that I think a lot of the modern movement is going to continue... To embrace traditional stuff, but they're going to take a new twist on it. And what I okay. mean by that is like when I first joined, you know, I've been quilting for a long time, but everything just kind of, kind of changed when I went to QuiltCon and I wrote my first book. And what I always tell my students is even though I prefer modern quilts, like I'm not, I don't teach modern quilting. I teach quilting. Right. So I teach machine quilting and then people can do it on whatever style they want. That's just happens to be what I enjoy because I started, you know, 20 years ago, I was a traditional quilter and I've only been making modern quilts the last couple of years. But anyway, I have this really really like deeply rooted you know design in tradition because that's what I grew up in but what I've enjoyed seeing is seeing the modern quilters take that traditional style and make it their own and I remember way back when I started there was things like modern quilters would be like oh no we don't like boutiques or oh no we don't like this and I think what's happening is it's evolving and it's embracing like there are modern batiks, you know, mm-hmm. there's it first started off like people worried about, oh, no, we don't do feathers or we don't do this or we don't do that. And now people have been able to find a way to say, well, you know what? I really like feathers, but now I'm going to make them modern or I really like batiks. But now I'm going to choose batiks that maybe are more like um, maybe more, more uh, geometric mm-hmm. and not so florally. And so what's really been fun is that they can take these traditional ideas, make them their own and do stuff like I've seen. Um, oh, gosh. Who is it? Um. Bilker and Weeks Weeks Ringle that do modern quilting, they use Civil War reproduction fabrics in their modern quilt. So just seeing stuff like that, that you would think is kind of a, you know, doesn't match Mm -hmm. and putting them in your modern quilt. And it really is this idea that yes, anything goes. But to me, people ask me like, well, what's a modern quilt? What does it look like? I just, I have a very simple definition. I'm like, if it's highly geometric with lots of sharp lines and angles and things like that, most likely it's probably on the modern spectrum. And so no matter what fabrics you use, if you can keep it, you know, angular and um, more kind of great based on graphic design, more likely it's going to look like a modern quilt rather than a traditional quilt. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I have to say, I've always thought that... Um the Civil War fabric when I looked at them I thought boy they are way more modern looking if you blew that little teeny pattern up to a huge size than I ever gave it credit for it was just the color palette was you know antique because that was all they had for the dyes back then but exactly it, and, and, and I always
1: think you know what's funny I mean not getting off on a tangent here but I always think when they they find these old muddy like you know quilts like that I'm like but were they that color back then right were they, they might have been and I don't know because I don't know any history but I know other people have studied This, I'm sure they had their quilts that were red and orange and purple and green, and then a hundred years later they faded to brown. So I don't know that back then they were brown quilts. No, I
0: totally agree with you because I actually, my mother has a lot of quilts that were in our family even though I never met the quilters who came before me um they were like two generations ahead of me they were bright colored and they were not um necessarily 1930s era quilts I mean some of them were very old and they were bold so I think you're totally right I think we just have a an idea of what a civil war era quilt was but the patterns are very angular and geometric on some of the ones that I've looked at over time you know know what it's
1: like it's like your parents like you think your parents lived in a black and white world that they really didn't no was you know, pretty
0: technicolor their, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah modern quilting is something that um i've really embraced myself as a way to expand my horizons in the last few years because um well you know gwen marston who lives not too far from my home. She's amazing. She is, and so her influence has been reverberated through here in Michigan for a long time. And I actually got to go see the little sketches, and it was that... museum display that she had with all these tiny little ideas and I think that something that I've taken from both you and Gwen a lot of people because I'm kind of like to throw everything in the kitchen sink together and then hope that it turns out at the end is that the practicing the idea of making a little sketch or taking a photo of your quilt and trying the patterns on it um that's really a great idea it's really a great idea because it can transfer to a bigger scale. So angular lines, and that that's a very good help for me, Krista, because I, I am rooted steeply into the tradition too, and I'm trying to look at how can I take that really cool block and make it, more contemporary or modern so
1: yeah and one one other thing too I mean again I'm no expert on it because I'm still learning myself Mm -hmm. but I noticed like back when I started quilting in the 90s I remember you know when Gwen Marston and you know the quilts of G's Ben and Michael James and Nancy Crow and all those kind of (laughs) people hold on I got a call
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm
1: I remember when they came out and I re- I was really attracted to their style, mm-hmm. but it was called art quilting. And now here's fun. This is funny. You guys can totally laugh at me. Art quilting also embraced, um, you know, really heavily embellished quilts. And I knew back then that that was not my style. Like I don't put, you know, I don't put beads on my quilts. I don't put buttons. There's nothing wrong with it. That's just not my style. And so because back then the embellished quilts were lumped in with the abstract quilts, it all was called art quilting. And so I, I was like, well, I'm not an art quilter because I don't put embellishments on my quilt and I kicked my foot because if I had like (laughs) delved into it more I would have realized that I would have liked the quote abstract art quilts which are angular and geometric and not embellished which are now called modern quilts and so I just I wasn't ready for it at the time but I laugh now and I'm like oh yeah I like those quilts way back when I just didn't know what they were and again I just thought well because I don't put you know twall and and or tool, and mm-hmm. you know, all the you know, dingle hoppers and stuff all over my quilts, which people love, and I think it's awesome. I just that's not me, you know. I just don't so so
0: have the patience to put all the little dingle hoppers on them. And then I think <laughs> I actually, it's very cold here, so we use our quilts a lot. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, I can't wash it with all those little embellishments and tatted lace, and because I do a lot of that stuff, and crystals and, and embroidery, It'll, and it, 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 it won't, gorgeous, it, it but... will not wash because <laughs> when it's really cold and 40 below here, I, I we put a lot of quilts on our bed, <laughs> yeah. So, when people
1: ask me, they're like, Well, what's the difference between a modern quilt or an art quilt? I'll say, Does it have embellishment or not? If it's not embellishment, it just might be a modern quilt. So, there you go.
0: Oh, that's very helpful. You know, as funny as um, I have only been to a couple of quilt shows in my life and I really have been studying you know quilts for a long time so it's good to hear from somebody who's been to a lot because I i not like you I always thought that some of these more modern things were art quilts and I was not an artist I couldn't draw a circle I still can't I can't hardly really do pebbling Krista Whenever okay. I whenever I do you pebbling, mine, you look
1: at mine and there no, there is no round pebble to be found in my quilting. <laughs> oh,
0: treat the tracing over it is back when you have to backtrack a little bit. That's my um that's the bane of my existence. I've tried everything. I think the bottom line is that you have to put in ten thousand hours of pebbles before you become a master. So
1: <laughs> yeah, hey it it oh my gosh it took me like six months to get pebbling and I tell you when I was first starting and I learned stippling like that was my first free motion quilting. Me too. I literally stippled every quilt for like two years because that's all I could do and I was so proud
0: of it (laughs) and you know that when I first got my long arm um actually my mother bought it and I was very sick at a time and it was part of my recovery was together we we learned how to do long arming and she wound up retiring and moving to a warmer climate and the long arm lives in my bedroom but I think for the first year, that's all we did is we did stippling, loops and swirls. And I learned a feather shape, a leaf, a leaf shape, which led to feathers within. But it took me a couple years to get that far. And I think, um, you know, and I think that's what I like about um, when you when you start looking at how the step outs are. In Free Motion, and in this book, and a couple of others, is that, you know, you start with something simple, and you build on those skills, so I'm happy to hear that maybe feathers will finally make its way to modern quilts, because I really like making feathers a lot. I did, I am, um, <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, I am, um, for anybody out there that's a Modern Quilt Guild member, I did a webinar for them about a year ago, and it's on their, like, resources for members under their uh-huh. webinars, and I talked about the hallmarks of modern machine quilting, and I remember I took pictures, it must have been at QuiltCon of uh, 2015, I took pictures of several quilts that had not quote non modern elements. One was a boutique quilt, one had feathers all these things, and these were quilts at QuiltCon that got juried into QuiltCon, and I used them in this lecture to say, here's a modern quilt made with batiks, here's a modern quilt quilted with feathers. So if anybody were to go back and see that, you could absolutely see examples of modern quilts quilted with feathers at QuiltCon.
0: Well, you make me happy that maybe I'll try to get in a QuiltCon with a modern feather, because straight lines are not my friend. <laughs> Oh, I know. Straight- <laughs> t- oh
1: my gosh. Straight lines are hard. They're actually hard. I mean, I don't really do that much stri- straight line quilting. I do more wavy line quilting because yeah. a wavy line is much easier than Way. a straight
0: line. Well, and the thing I found with straight lines is that my line can be perfectly straight on a laser, but that doesn't mean my piecing is. And it just emphasizes imperfection sometimes you know in my piecing which then it makes the line crooked and you know there's a there's a massive art to straight line quilting and matchstick quilting that until you get doing it I guess people don't appreciate how hard it is it's very very hard for sure very hard well I want to say this next week we're doing the blog hop is on mondays and we are doing the chapter called cornered now in that chapter there was a lot of things on swirls so i wanted to end our our chat with do you have tips on swirls for the domestic machine and i'm going to do an entire section of a quilt I'm working on on hook swirls because I can't do them very well. Um, Do you have any tips for swirls for people who are just learning?
1: Sure. What I would say first of all, especially on a domestic machine, and this kind of applies to all quilting motifs, It's a lot easier to quilt smaller designs than larger designs. So if you think about you're under the machine and you've got your hands on your work, you've only got about five or six inches of space to work with. So it's hard to quilt big, huge spirals and swirls. I try to keep them. I compare it to like a gourmet cookie. A gourmet cookie is delicious and small and petite. Keep your quilting maybe on a one to two inch scale, which is smaller. Don't try to quilt big Big. five or six inch swirls Mm -hmm. and you'll have a lot better time with it
0: no that's that's great advice Now on the, the cornered you mixed um in the middle of the pink quilt that's on the the your version it has the swirls and the pebbles together and I have to say I love that I've done that a couple of times on quilts and everybody really really likes it but when I'm doing that my problem is I kind of get stuck stuck when I leave the swirl and I start Uh a pebble and then it's that changing directions. Um, man I sometimes have to just literally stop and think. Do you ever do that? Like get yourself kind of stuck? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i totally do all the time and you're right i actually and I, I honestly i can't remember which book it is but one of my like tips is like step one quilt step two breathe you know you have yeah. to stop and breathe and figure out where you are i'll go back to my earlier tip draw it out first mm-hmm. so take your eight and a half by 11 inch piece of paper and fill it up with your swirls i call it when i do the 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 spirals and the pebbles i call it swirls and pearls because i think that's kind of. i cute. like that so do you Do your swirls and then do your pearls and draw it out, you know, give yourself a big piece of paper to do it. And the other thing, too, I think just in in pebbles in general, people think they have to go around and around and around like three or four times on the pebble. I will only go around the pebble as much as I need to to get to the next one. So, like, sometimes I'll just go around the pebble once Mm -hmm. or I might go around it one and a half times. Or maybe I never go around it more than two times. And the other thing I'll do is, if you're very comfortable quilting loops, pebbles are very similar to loops, except they don't have the little uh, pieces in between. So I know this is kind of hard to, to imagine since we're you know, we're talking and we don't have any visuals. But think about when you're doing a loop, you're doing a loop in a like an O and an E, or like a clockwise um, circle and a counterclockwise circle, and you kind of switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. If you do that with pebbles, it'll be easier. And what I mean by that is, You do your circle one way and then do your next circle the next way. way. And by going back and forth and switching directions every single pebble, it'll um, it'll become second nature to you and it'll be a lot easier rather than trying to do like circle and circle and circle. Do like circle... And then backwards circle and circle and backward circle. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll get, it'll come to you more easily.
0: I'm going to keep practicing that because I've been kind of thinking of it more in like eight figure eights. And that gets me, yeah. in, that gets me in trouble once in a while because then I get like off rhythm. And then my brain right. does a flip-flop. Have you ever had that happen? <laughs> Your brain does yeah. a flip-flop and you don't know where you're at. Yeah, that happens once in a while to me. Um, so we, we skipped one chapter in the book. That is the week of the um, whole cloth quilt. So I'm looking for a great well one idea because you did the a butterfly quilt in that book and I actually saw that in Grand Rapids and it's a breathtaking quilt
1: it was scary it was was very daunting for me oh (laughs) it
0: was very very daunting when I look at it so I'm going to do a simpler version but when when you do a whole cloth quilt like that did you start with the the butterfly motif first and then traced it out and then you quilted that and then went in and did the filling spaces afterwards
1: exactly and in fact I'll, I'll kind of I like to always throw in tips
0: Mm-hmm. I realized
1: after writing three books that I have a process that I didn't realize I did until mm-hmm. I started like writing down my process. And I basically do this thing called dividing and conquering. I first do the biggest or um, the most important or whatever first. And so in that particular case, the the Swirling Butterflies quilt, it was the actual butterfly. So I drew all that out. And then, so that's like the first thing you do. And then I go back and then I fill in with the detail. So... I quilted with two different threads. I quilted the butterflies with like a really thick, contrasting turquoise thread. So Mm -hmm. that's why they stand out. And then I quilted the filler with like a blending thread that blended into the the darker background. But by breaking it up and doing all the butterfly first, it's not as daunting because that's all you're quilting. And I have to tell you, when you're quilting that, it's all wrinkly in the background because you haven't quilted the background yet. Right. And so then you go back in and you add the filler. And and even though your eye notices the butterflies, like that's the wow, Mm -hmm. what your eye doesn't notice but what makes the quilt it is actually the background quilting That's what gives it the texture because you're filling in every space with all that background and I called it um, improv machine quilting or free motion improv mm-hmm. where you just take all these different motifs, you mash them up It's kind of like graffiti quilting. yeah, I like but to do that. It, yeah but anyway that actually makes the quilt because that's where you add the texture and it kind of it kind of like fades into the background so the main motif can pop out at you so anyway that's a long way to say quilt one section whether it's your quilt whether it's your main motif whatever quilt one part of it first stop breathe you know and then (laughs) come back yep then come back and fill in the rest and and it looks amazing but honestly it's not hard it's just step by step taking a step-by-step approach
0: and I bought a, a Frixion pen I've never used it before and I was going to test it out in something do you use those kind of pens to mark out your motif or do you have like do you stick with pencils or graphite or
1: um you normally I'll use um my favorite is just like a blue washable marker okay and, and with, with this one because it was actually a black um I kind of tested it out and what I did is I used a white chalk pencil mm-hmm. but but what I did is I used a light box so this was one of the few times that I marked it out because I normally don't mark it out but what it is I made myself a template like a little stencil just with um you know just on like paper and then I taped it to the light box mm-hmm. then I put the black fabric over the light box and it actually could shine through and even though it was black fabric you could still see it through the light box and so then I was able to trace the template motif onto it with a white pencil
0: White. I need to find a white pencil if I do that I tried doing cables once on a traditional quilt with a black background and I had a silver pen and I'm like nothing worked it was horrible so yeah,
1: just like, <laughs> it's like a white chalk pencil so then it kind of washes out and it works really well
0: perfect yeah it's funny is um, with the internet now I live in a pretty rural town and we had have- no big box stores when I first started quilting we had no um we had one little quilt shop and then it went out of business and then recently it's become a very large destination quilt shop in my town so she she has access to everything but before that I was like constantly grabbing at straws in the air tip from anybody to to try to figure out how to do some of these things so well you've given me confidence that I think the idea of using you can do contrast with both thread thickness as well list the textures making making that motif stand out. Well, the Butterfly's quilt in person is even more beautiful than the photography, which is fantastic in this oh, book. thank, you. It, thank it, you. it was a beautiful, beautiful quilt. I think um, we all stood, It was me and a group of about five or six women stood in front of those quilts, and the Butterfly one especially for a long time, trying to find the best angle to take pictures. But it was <laughs> so crowded, we couldn't get one without somebody photobombing it. <laughs> I know. I need, to, I need to quit making
1: quilts with black fabric, because you know I like black fabric oh my gosh it does not photograph well
0: no so. it, it's hard and, and well the other one I'm finding it's really hard to photograph is white quilts you know with yes. the white yes. background so either end of the spectrum is tough well hey, things, maybe that's
1: I was gonna say maybe that's the why the the modern quilters like the gray because gray photographs well and it shows up online in pictures maybe that's why they I, gray. I'm you thinking so
0: I just bought a whole bunch of gray myself because it, it it's not uh, overpowering in in its contrast with some of the my favorite our grungy looking fabrics out there are my favorite. Bye. I love them. So Krista, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and we are going to finish on um, five more weeks of this um, machine quilting blog hop is what we're calling it with the ultimate guide to machine quilting that you and Angela wrote this lovely book and you've given me confidence that I can do a whole cloth quilt with actually tracing something on it because I'm kind of an ad-libber and I need to stop at stop ad-libbing so much and try to actually have some structure to some of my quilting Uh, and we really look forward to seeing your next book and I am am very much looking forward to you taking this pause and trying other creative challenges over the next six months to a year because I know you have a lot of things in the queue and it's going to be great oh thank
1: you you. and you you know what I have to say it not so fun. Like I, I follow all four of you guys' blogs, and when it pops up in my in my blog feed every morning, and I'm checking to see what you're doing, and I'm watching you guys on Instagram, it makes me proud because not only not only am I honored that you guys chose to to choose our book to do it, but it just makes me feel like okay, good, like like that's what I wanted. I wanted people to have confidence. I'm out there, like I feel called to do this. I really feel called to be a teacher and to teach what I know, because it's in me and it's dying to get out. And so when one person like you says, oh my gosh, you gave me confidence, like that makes me feel like that's why I do what I do. So thank you, Vicki.
0: Well, thank you. And I want to say that we are going to Put all of the links to the book, your blog, your website, your store will be in my show notes on um, my blog. And... We'll make sure that everybody has seen um, the professional version of your butterflies quilt and not my camera shot from Grand Rapids hey, AQS. <laughs> you get to
1: that, and that was so smart. By the time you guys get to week 10 and do that, you you guys are going to be able to see how far you've come, and I can't wait to see it. Oh,
0: I can't wait either. Well, thank you. Thank you. Let me You're welcome. Let me end the recording here and then um, just a second. Interviewing Krista was such a great time. I did ask Krista prior to the interview how to keep all the free motion quilting ideas fresh and her answer to me was that she keeps taking on new challenges and trying new things and that is quite a theme that I have with this podcast because I think if we continue to flex our creative muscle then it gets stronger and things just Flow so much easier. Thanks again, Krista, for taking the time to come to the podcast and to share all the wonderful tips. I'm going to encourage you to watch um, Krista's Facebook page because she's doing a weekly Facebook live with great tips and eye candy with her beautiful quilts. And all of that information will be linked in the show notes. I want to thank everybody for um, listening to the podcast and for being um, such great supportive listeners. Feel free to leave comments um, on the show note page and you can find me online. Let's continue the conversation. Everyone have a great week.